Canada HR News on June 12, 2023. I'm Elena Bobireva. In today's episode, we talk about labor relations, workplace safety, artificial intelligence, ways to celebrate National Indigenous History Month and Pride season, and other topics. Stay with us to get the latest HR updates. The Conference Board of Canada reports that after five months held at 5.0%, the unemployment rate in Canada rose to 5.2%. This was the first increase in the jobless rate since August 2022. Manufacturing industry recorded the largest employment increase, with employment rising by 12,900 jobs. Among the services, there was a decline in business, building, and other support services. Employment also fell in the professional, scientific, and technical services industry. Across Canada, employment fell in three out of ten provinces. Declines were recorded in Ontario, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, and Labrador. The only province in which employment rose was Manitoba. Employment remained largely unchanged in the remaining provinces. The government is seeking to bolster the labor force by pursuing record levels of immigration and making it easier for firms to hire temporary residents. Immigration is also important given Canada's low fertility rate and aging population. However, to better harness Canada labor potential, policymakers must also work to reduce skills mismatches that stop workers already present in Canada from moving into employment. According to CTV News, the federal government has given an updated deal to a public service union that signed its collective agreement in the fall to match deals reached with the Public Service Alliance of Canada during a strike this spring. The deal between the Association of Canadian Financial Officers and the federal government was previously approved last December, six months before PSAC secured a separate deal on May 1. The government was able to modify the collective agreement with the association because it included a reopener clause, which stipulates the agreement may be amended by mutual consent. The clause gives both parties the ability to manage discontent among workers in case another union secures a better deal. Experts believe that the federal government has decided to top up those salaries and bring them in line with the PSAC agreement to sort of lessen resentment in smaller federal public service unions and avoid future strikes. Members of PSAC, which is the country's largest federal public service union, were on strike for 12 days over a host of demands, including wage increases to compensate for high inflation. The union secured an 11.5% wage increase over four years, with an additional 0.5% group-specific allowance in the third year of the contracts, as well as one-on-one pensionable lump-sum payments of $2,500. Small businesses in communities under mandatory evacuation orders due to wildfires in Nova Scotia will receive a one-time $2,500 grant from the provincial government. The program is available to small businesses in Halifax Regional Municipality and Shelburne County, where significant wildfires continue to burn. To be eligible for the program, 
businesses must have ceased operations due to being within mandatory evacuation zones related to wildfire activity. The program is set to cost up to 1.5 million in public funds. The support for small businesses comes after the government created a $500 grant to households required to evacuate. Winnipeg faces surge in work-related injury and illness claims. A new report to the city's Executive Policy Committee found the number of claims accepted by the Workers' Compensation Board jumped 27% last year compared to the previous year. Reduced stigma around mental health may also be contributing to an increased willingness among workers to file claims related to psychological illness and injuries. The Winnipeg Fire Paramedic Service and Winnipeg Transit saw the biggest increases in the rate of time loss injuries. Earlier this year, the city set aside $5 million in its budget for a new transit security team to patrol Winnipeg transit routes experiencing the highest rates of violence incidents. CBC News reports the president of the union representing the city's firefighters said they are also seeing more violence in their work. They are seeing an increase in violence on calls, the use of opioids and meth. The increased mental strain can also contribute to higher rates of physical injury. The city has made some changes recently that should bring the number of workplace injuries and illnesses down. The fire paramedic service launched a behavioral health unit staffed by a behavioral health nurse and a clinical psychologist, as well as a peer support team. They also have adjusted protocols around how crews set up at a scene where they may feel threatened. The Information and Privacy Commissioner of Ontario and the Ontario Human Rights Commission have issued a joint statement to urge the Ontario government to develop and implement effective guardrails on the public sector's use of AI technologies. The agencies acknowledge that AI technologies have great potential to benefit society in terms of improved health, education, public safety, and social and economic prosperity. However, they have also been shown to be unsafe when not effectively governed. Artificial intelligence relies on immense volumes of personal information which may not be properly protected, and the initial collection of this information may not always be lawful. The agencies say the use of AI technologies may create flawed or inaccurate content that raises concerns about how government can ensure accountability for their use. The IPC and OHRC appealed to the Ontario government to establish clear and binding guardrails around the public sector's use of AI technology to address safety, privacy, accountability, transparency, and human rights. Having surpassed 100 million users in just two months, ChatGPT is the fastest-growing consumer application in history. A recent survey by the World Economic Forum found that roughly a quarter of all jobs are likely to change in the next five years, with technology the principal driver of this change. While the net impact of AI on employment, wages and inequality is hard to quantify, the coming years will see higher levels of labor market churn 
as the occupational landscape and demand for skills evolve. The Government of Canada invests more than $124 million for responsible artificial intelligence research at the University of Montreal. This initiative will implement new responsible AI design and adoption strategies in areas of importance for Canada, including molecular discovery, health systems improvement, and climate change mitigation. Google told staff Wednesday its public work policy is getting stricter. It's going to include attendance rates in performance reviews. Employees who want to work remotely full-time will be considered by exception only. The company previously said that from April 2022, employees would be expected back in the office at least three days a week. The new policy will make in-office attendance a factor when it comes to Googler's performance reviews. Managers will send reminders to employees who are consistently absent from the office. The changes reflect a change in attitude to remote work among the big tech companies. Meta told employees a few weeks ago that they would be expected in the office three days a week. In February, Google Cloud staff were told to start sharing desks and attend the office on alternate days as part of its hybrid plan. It also recently announced a pullback on perks as part of broader cost-saving measures. According to a survey from real estate agents Knight Frank, half the world's biggest companies, those with over 50,000 employees, plan to reduce their office space by 10 to 20% by 2026. Several Canadian cities are facing high office vacancy rates, even as many workers have returned to downtown towers and suburban business parks. With residential rents increasing and a housing shortage in much of Canada, the idea of turning empty offices into housing is picking up speed. June is National Indigenous History Month in Canada. It is a time to recognize the rich history, heritage, resilience and diversity of First Nations, Inuit and Métis people. June is also the start of the Pride season that takes place over the summer. Digital toolkits and many other resources for celebration of National Indigenous History Month and the Pride season are available on the Government of Canada website. For the link to the page, see the episode description. And this was Canada HR News on June 12, 2023. Please share the podcast with your colleagues and leave us a rating in Apple Podcast. You can also find us in Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. This summer, the podcast schedule may change. For the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at CADHR News or LinkedIn at Canada HR News Podcast.